so high so i just go so high again welcome to behind the hype with me your host always brian dressel with me as always is chewy darso and jonathan hardesty hi so we're in week two of john singleton and uh this week was his this was his direct follow-up to boys in the hood right i guess i should have looked that up i was pretty sure yeah, it was yeah it's his next movie so his second film um excited to get into it this week uh i'm gonna say that over again where i don't have to question it halfway through uh so we're on his uh, follow-up to Boys in the Hood, Poetic Justice. Mm-hmm. This was a film I knew uh, next to nothing about. I knew who the two leads were, and I knew that it was a John Singleton movie. And that was it. I thought the movie was more about poetry than it was. I just kind of assumed that based on uh, I had heard some of the poetry from the movie, which I didn't know until I saw the movie. Um, and uh, she just kind of looks like a poet to me on the cover. Maybe it's the hat. I don't know. It's um, definitely the hat. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had no idea that it was this not quite rom-com, but not quite like full-blown drama either, but this kind of just romantic film. And romantic. Uh, oh my God, why can't I get the word out? Road trip. Yeah, comedy. romantic road trip comedy tragedy. Tra- tragedy, yeah. <laughs> Where's a lot of hats? Funny I brought up the hat earlier. Mm. Yeah. They all fit in her hat. They do. It, it is, is a big hat. It is a big hat. It it's a great hat. But I actually thought it looked great it's on It's a very it. 90s hat. When, uh, when her boss made fun of her hat, I'm like, shut up about her hat. Her hat looks great. <laughs> I would have turned in my resignation right there. I do keep wondering when 90s hats are going to come back in style. Just give it time. Just give it time. Maybe we can celebrate when all this whole like COVID is over with 90s hats. Yeah. We'll stop wearing masks. We'll start wearing hats. I love it. just be attached to each other so we don't have to worry about the straps anymore. Oh, there you go. 90s hats with masks. There you go. Just combine them both. It's going to be great. Um, Before we get too far into poetic justice, I think we should probably do, I think John mentioned this, a where have they been doing? I know True and I had planned on watching uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, or at least I had, and she didn't know that I was planning on watching it with her Mm. uh, because her response to that is usually... No. Um, <laughs> it's the only Fast and the Furious that she says no to. But uh, huh. Interesting. She would have enjoyed it had we turned it on, but then we ended up watching Bloodshot There's so instead. so many things in that movie that bother uh. me. But you, you enjoyed Bloodshot, but that's for a different podcast at some other time. Zero expectations for Bloodshot. And it met them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it did. <laughs> it was very. It was an interesting remake of Memento, starring Guy Pearce from Memento as it's, the bad guy. <laughs> it's, it's a funny little film. I highly recommend it. But that's not what we're doing here. John, you actually watched something from John Singleton, right? Yeah. So I decided to watch the movie Abduction, the action spy th- movie starring Taylor Lautner. Oh, yeah, we definitely weren't going to cover that one. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, that's, that's kind of the decision process. I went through all the movies, and I was like, you know, a lot of these, we're, we are probably going to cover them. Well, yeah. I wonder what we're not going to cover. And then I saw the cover for Abduction. I was like, we're not going to cover that one. <laughs> so I should watch it. <laughs> and uh, for good reason. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a rough movie. But the, the thing to point out is that it's not because of the direction. 
John Singleton's direction is great. He should have been, they should have given him a Bond movie or a um, Bourne movie just because the direction was solid and on point. Okay. Uh, acting is terrible across the board. Um, and the writing has a lot of logic problems. And the movie feels very long. So Did he write it as well? Because I know he, like today's movie he wrote. Right. He didn't write this one. So okay, good. I think the only thing, like they just hired him to direct. And I think that's pretty much it. So there was other people involved in everything else. And you can kind of tell. Like, you can see some of his, like, <laughs> Everyone directing. needs a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It felt like a paycheck one. But you could tell where he had a good eye for things and a good sense of direction in the movie. Just all the other pieces were working against it. And that hour 46 that this movie is feels like about two hours just because pacing. And That's never good. Yeah. No, it's... And, yeah, I mean... On, Probably to be expected, Taylor Lautner could not carry it. I like he's, Taylor Lautner, but he's, but he's, not he's, a just, he's just not a leading man. No. and He just kind of makes me smile when he shows up. I'm like, oh, look at you trying. <laughs> yeah. Not and, everyone can get out of Twilight. No. Right. And just the, the villains are pretty standard. The idea is kind of expected. Everything goes as expected, even though it has a lot of twists and turns. Just like, oh, they're probably not the, this is probably not going to go this way. And your most interesting actors, um, Maria Bello and Jason Isaacs, die like within the first twenty minutes. Ah, I like. And you're Jason like, just Isaacs. as you get used to them I mean, being I kind hate of cool. Jason Isaacs, but I like, I love Jason Isaacs. Yeah, the movie dispatches with them pretty quickly, and it's like, well, everyone else is kind of dumb, so I don't know how you could get like how you could get away with doing that. So yeah, it was fine, entertaining, and the direction was good, but uh, woof. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so let's move on to today's movie. Poetic Justice. Uh, 1993 came out to middling reviews. People seemed to like it. Other people didn't. Um, a lot of people had a lot to say about the two leads in the film and how good they were. Um, but not really a ton to say about how good or not good the movie is. You know, Everyone kind of landed somewhere in the middle-ish. I think it's got like a 53 on Metacritic. I think Rotten Tomatoes is around the same. Nobody really loves it. Nobody really hates it. But it's got a cult following. It does have a cult following. There is a fan base for it. But that's kind of true for anything with Janet Jackson in it. Um, or Tupac. Like, two people who just have a cult following already. And it's a movie where they're both in it. Like, it kind of... And they're both so good in it. I get why there's a cult following for it. Um, I'm just not a member of the cult. Hmm. Uh, I think I ended kind of similar to the critics. I didn't. I didn't love it. I definitely didn't hate it. I think it's a little confused. I think it has, uh, it definitely has some growing pains of a new director. Um, but I think it's a very interesting watch and I'm excited to talk about it because there's a lot in it. There's just movies just packed to the gills almost to a fault. Uh, so there's, it's exciting. But I did last week's breakdown. So who wants to do this week's? Yeah, I can do it. Go for it. So uh, Janet Jackson's character, uh, Justice, she witnesses her. Her one and only boyfriend get murdered at a drive-in, and that kind of sets her on a path, of, a spiraling path of depression. And she becomes a hairdresser in South Central Los Angeles. And kind of on a whim, she goes on a road trip with uh, a friend and uh, an antagonist. And through it all, the antagonist is played by Tupac. They don't like each other at all for most of the trip, and then suddenly start to understand each other as the trip goes on. And their friends who are with them start their relationship starts falling apart. And, they, yeah, they end up at a, a barbecue. They 
stop at they have a lot of stops for what seems to be a really rushed trip <laughs> and at the end uh tupac's cousin was it i think cousin yeah cousin gets shot and he's too late to do his like he wants to meet him there at the, their destination and he arrives to see that he's been shot uh to death because uh, i don't think he survived that like no, right doesn't. then and there which we got like no information about but it wasn't really what the movie was about no, no. it's more of the for the story point it was that he died not why he died yeah yeah he died and tupac wasn't there that was what was important for the for the film yeah sorry and then John, it just ends with yeah and it just ends with uh, him tupac bringing his daughter to the hairdressing shop and kind of reconciling with uh, justice and it ends on uh, her smiling at him I think it ends with the assumption that they will be together now, right? Yeah. Because yeah. she's like, it ends with her smiling at him, but while doing his daughter's hair. Which is yeah. a very motherly thing it, to do. Yeah, very motherly thing to do. So, like, I think it kind of ended with the idea that these two are going to be an item mm-hmm. from now on. Yeah. With the assumptions? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Agreed. So here's the thing is uh, like part of the reason that we're doing John Singleton this month was to expand our viewing, as I said last week, and watch movies that didn't really appeal to us. Or not appeal to us. That's the wrong word. To watch movies that didn't really fall into our normal viewing habits. And uh, this one was like, a really important one for me this time because my Tupac knowledge is basically zero. I know who he is. I've heard some of his songs. They're better than most. Um, that's about it. And I, I know, obviously, I know that he was shot and killed. Um far too young and it's incredibly sad and tragic especially given what happens in this movie that's oddly prophetic but we know we'll deal with that at a different time when a therapy session is required um i gotta say i ended this movie going i am now obsessed with finding out more about tupac like what an insanely talented person there was a reason why everyone knew who he was when he died essentially and why even when we go to Friggin' Sausalito or whatever with that fancy island your dad likes. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, there was an $80 t-shirt with his face on it in a little boutique. And I'm like, this is about as, like, we were shopping and there's, like, Make America Great Again hats around us. And I'm like, this is not where Tupac belongs. <laughs> but I guess he's got some cross appeal. <laughs> He's a, he's a tragic figure that everyone, but everyone knows a tragedy, and I feel like a lot of people, especially people like me, uh, might know who he is and know that he died, but really know nothing else about him and never really took the time. And I I really regret that now. Like I like I feel like I, there's so much to look into now. Like I was just from the beginning of the movie through the end, I was blown away at like this guy's not really an actor. He's a musician, and he is diving into a heavy role where he's playing a father with a uh, who's living with. His, uh, his, the mother of his child, who he clearly does not like. Well, I don't think he was living with her. I thought they were all living together. No, I thought he was living oh, with Oh, he's living mom. with his mom, but the, his daughter was living there. Yeah. And his daughter was also living with her half-brother and her dad, and his dad. It was a very strange, like, situation yeah. that would be a lot for somebody to wrap their head around if they would not grown up with it. Obviously, I don't know anything about Tupac, so he might have some sort of familiarity with a, uh, a different home. Um, but either way, like he just, he had a very difficult part to play, a very kind of sad and tragic part to play, who is also kind of upbeat and funny. And he's the, the only thing in the movie that Ireland Regina King every now and then will legitimately make you laugh. 
And mm. I'm just kind of blown away. He was so charming. He was great. He was great in the serious moments, the sad moments, the funny moments. He blew me away. Whole movie. Very impressed. <laughs> I didn't have quite that reaction. Because uh, since I have no basis of Tupac in my mind other than his death, which is tragic, I know. I was just like, oh, he's good. He was a very talented man. <laughs> it's too bad we lost him so early on. I what year did he even die? I don't remember. Uh, it looks like 96. So three years after this movie came out. Yeah. Hey. He didn't have much time on this earth. No. And he died when he was just on the cusp. He died at age 25. Yeah. Right, so he was like, what, 22 in this Extremely movie? Extremely tragic. Yeah. And, but that's the thing is like I, I legitimately was surprised at the quality of acting mostly because of how much I don't know about him. This isn't the only movie he's in. He's done quite a bit. It's just it, it's just movies that I didn't see or just wasn't drawn to or just were never shown to me if I was too young. And I I think that's why I'm just so like kind of stuck on it is because I feel like if this guy was this talented out there and I've been missing it this whole time and now I'm just doing like these head spins like what the hell else have I been missing? So it was just, it was a really, really nice thing to have in a movie like this that the movie itself is good. I like the story. I'm into it. There's just parts that kind of lost me, specifically a lot with the character Chicago, which uh, he didn't really come up in your breakdown, but we'll talk about him. But there's just some <laughs> things that kind of pulled me out of the movie. But whenever yeah, There's was, a reason why he didn't show up in the yeah. breakdown. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but whenever I felt like I was getting pulled out of the movie, it was either him or Janet Jackson who would just immediately pull me back in. Like this, this was a, it was kind of a fun yo-yo almost of like, all right, this part isn't really for me. And like, oh, and I'm back again. Like, so I never was totally lost. So that might explain better why I was so drawn in on Tupac specifically. Yeah, I mean, my response is fairly similar. Uh, knowing nothing about him other than that he was a musician that he died too early. I don't know if I was expect like what I was expecting going in, but the intensity and the kind of power that he brought, the charisma that he had in this role, uh maybe scoot forward in my seat i was a bit surprised yeah um especially contrasted against the character of chicago who like that that subplot strained a little bit for me but yeah there was just it was a a, everything tupac was doing on screen was compelling especially set up apart with uh, uh together with janet jackson like their chemistry was so engrossing i couldn't look away when they were doing their thing on screen yeah yeah they they really worked off each other well and like janet jackson i mean i'm familiar with her music obviously and her is like that sort of performer but i haven't really seen much that she's acted in because she's not the biggest actor she shows no. up every now and then yeah. um but out of everything i've seen her in and then this like i was far more impressed with this like i thought she did a really good job like she was relatable like and she's a jackson like they're <laughs> they're not relatable people <laughs> They have very exceptional lives. Yeah, they they do not have the normal American life. Their their life is totally different. It'd be like trying to compare yourself to a Kennedy. It's just like, nope, you just experience life different. Yeah. Um, but she played a character that felt down to earth. She felt real. Like I actually believe that she was a woman who'd gone through that trauma. Um, I understood why she had such misgivings with the opposite sex. Same with Tupac. Like they do a really good job showing why they have problems with the opposite gender. Like. And Janet Jackson did a really good job without having to say all of that. Like, you never had to have her go like, look, I'm sad because my boyfriend's head was blown off in front of me. Like, I'm sad because of this. She just 
expressed it. And that's really kind of difficult to do. And that speaks volumes to both her as an actor and to John Singleton's directing. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the tag, like not the tagline, but the description when I streamed it mentioned that an extremely sensitive, poetic person. And I was like, oh, based off the (laughs) synopsis. But then when I got into it, it was like, oh, she's doing some real interesting stuff subtly and and just playing it down to earth and yeah it took me by surprise yeah and like sure the movie's dated as hell like the the slow motion parts with her just reading poetry over it just feels very early 90s to me oh yeah yeah um i've never seen very many movies with people reciting poetry i guess I feel like I have, and it's always done kind of the same way. It's kind of a cliche thing, and that's fine, because uh, it worked. It did. Yeah. She did a very good job reading her poetry aloud. Yeah. And it, it was very soothing, I would say that. Mm-hmm. Like, I would definitely listen to her read poetry. Sure. Yeah, I know. It was kind of weird. Uh, th- there was one poem that she read from Maya Angelou that uh, I'd actually learned in high school. Who's in I, this movie. It was in yeah. this movie, and I was very surprised when I heard it. I was like, I know this. And like suddenly, I was like starting to predict it, like uh, kind of read along. I was like, "Oh shoot, <laughs> it's a phenomenal woman," which oh right, yes, yeah. uh, amazing. But I didn't realize like that I had kind of known that. Yeah, I I mentioned that to Brian while it was going on in the movie too. I was like, "Oh, I've heard this one. Yeah, I know this one." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, but even even just her reading the poetry, like. The idea of someone doing a voiceover in movies, like that's kind of the common, like voiceovers in movies is bad and it's cheesy and of a time, but uh, yeah, this was soothing. Her her soothing voice and her performance of the poetry contrasted against even some of the more dramatic moments, especially near the end, was such an interesting way to feel while watching this movie. And it was kind of nice having voiceover that wasn't just explaining the movie that we're watching. I mean, it kind of is in like a Shakespearean way of like this mm-hmm. this little rhyme here is going to explain what you're going to see or what you have seen in a way if you're paying attention. But not without like, oh man, I really like this guy, but he seems kind of distant and he's kind of a <laughs> jerk. I mean, they have moments kind of like that, like specifically when they're trying to feel each other out and she's like, he looks like a guy who has a kid. Look at him. He stashed a kid somewhere. <laughs> when they're at the family reunion. Yeah, like they have it's slight the body mo- language. Yeah, but it, it wasn't like it never felt like overreaching. Like it, it could have gone too far, and right. like it felt like Singleton was smart enough to go. Let's just take it to this place. Like we don't need to go yeah, crazy and, with it. Yeah, and that scene even too had the funny like at a while after a while just bam bam bam. I was like these people are just saying what they're thinking, and I, I'm kind of into it. I like, just, have I, expect someone to be the next person on the, down the line. He's like, hmm, fries. <laughs> or something. Just the way, the, kind of the way they were setting that up. And it was, it was fun. Yeah. Man, the, the entire family barbecue scene just cracked me up. Like, I just, I love, I'm going to keep gushing on Tupac throughout this movie. But I love Tupac's thing when the cousin comes up. Cousin, cousin! <laughs> That's why I like that he never actually said that they were really relatives he just never said that they weren't yeah he just repeats what the guy says uh and then he asks permission to have the barbecue and he goes yeah well we're all family here and tupac just goes uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> and goes and gets the barbecue <laughs> and, and even when things start going south with uh with her friend in chicago his response is first you mind if i take some of this food to go <laughs> yeah <laughs> really like the food <laughs> Tupac makes it clear he liked barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 
That whole scene was just great. Ugh. It made me cringe a little bit with the... I, was it Aisha? Aisha, yeah. Her character made me cringe a lot. And there it, it was one thing that tied into uh, connections with bad boys that I thought was interesting. Because she has a lot of alcoholic problems. Yeah. And then eventually it kind of comes to a head. The themes that it brought in was like... Because then you, Justice says, your drinking makes me think of my mom. And then later on you find out that her mom committed suicide when she was 12. But she also had named her Justice when she was in law school. So then you're like feeling about like, okay, this was a woman who you assume also grew up in Crenshaw, lived with in the grandmother's house, which now belongs to Justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was going to higher education when she was pregnant. You imagine it didn't go well if her mom was a drunk and committed suicide. Yeah. And that's an interesting flip between the mom and bad boys for me. Boys the mom, in the hood. Boys in the hood. Sorry. Because in Boys in the Hood, the mom is going to school for higher education, decides, I can't raise a kid while I'm doing this, essentially, and oh, takes yeah. him over to her his dad's, where he is raised. And then she gets to be a better person and has the better life, but then she lost the kid. So it's an interesting dynamic there, at least in my mind, of the, the mothers. It's interesting both movies coming from John Singleton because he's yeah. definitely expressing there's dangerous sides. There's a dangerous aspect to both sides of this coin. Yeah. Because I mean, the pressures of bettering yourself from a bad situation are exceptionally high. And then if you have a child, it just adds to that, yeah. which makes it extremely tragic in the way that it's almost like saying it stops you in a way. I don't know. I don't no. know if that's a message that he was giving forward and just watching these two movies back to back it's something that came I don't to my think head. it's necessarily a message that he was trying to say so much as a story he's trying to tell yeah this is what happens to a lot of either mothers or single mothers who try to better themselves who are coming from south central the world is stacked against them yeah and so and then with the multiple fathers aspects yeah because we had the two sons with a mom with two different daddies in Boys in the Hood. And then we have that again with the, I don't remember what her name was. She's only in the movie for a very She's, brief moment. Tupac's daughter's mom. Yeah, the baby mama. And the two fathers are there. They're friends, almost. If not they're friends, friend- they're friendly. Yeah, they're friendly. And they both get come together to beat up the third guy that the, <laughs> the mother's sleeping with. Lord, yeah. In front of the children. Uh, and Tupac pulls his daughter out of that situation, and the little boy's like, can I come too? Well, it's, that's, <laughs> it's almost like played like a, nearly played as a joke, and it's just like, that scene was rough. It's super rough. It is played as a joke, but and it reminded me of both the mom that had the two sons in Boys in the Hood, and the mom that they repeatedly tell in Boys in the Hood, keep the babies out of the road. Because that woman was addicted to crack. Oh, yeah. And then the, you're assuming that this woman's also addicted to crack. And they have the crack pipe. And, so, yeah. And they keep saying basing. So it's a pretty big sign. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. So it has, it has similar things in this movie. So I don't know if it's different heads to different coins. 
or if it, I mean, it's a reflection of the life he knew. Well, I mean, yeah, John Singleton still wrote this movie, so yeah. he's still writing what he knows. And that, that's kind of where I wanted to move with this next was the directing of it. Because there, there is definitely something to be said about this feels like a sophomore effort. And I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way, and but it's also not necessarily a good thing. Like, you can, as you watch the movie, you see the things that he learned worked well in Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Um, there's things that come back that, like, it almost feels like he's trying to make work a second time, even though they don't quite connect in this film, because it's a very different film. There's a moment where uh, Justice is laying in bed, and then we have the helicopters overhead, again, just yeah. like in Boys in the Hood. Oh, and it's right, like, yeah. And it's like, I see what you're doing here, because they're still in the same area, they're still in South Central. but it's Roughly the same time period. Roughly the same time period. But this is also a different story, and it, that over-present police force wasn't really a part of this story at all. Yeah. Uh, no, especially, the cops especially at the end. Twice? Three times? Well, he was also trying to step out of his zone a little bit with this movie, which with a lot of people do in their sophomore efforts. They sure. try to push themselves. Like, he's he mentioned specifically in an interview that he wanted to make this movie for a female lead because specifically for black women, it is exceptionally rare for them to have lead roles. At, in 1990, well, even now, but in 1993, absolutely. Yeah. Now, still, yes. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> Things have gotten better. And they touched on something that's just so important in, that, in the culture, essentially, is hair. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the braids, from what I read about, the production of this movie were very important because they came from Fatima Robinson, Mm -hmm. who was a dancer in some music videos that he directed. And I guess they're originally from Harlem. Oh, wow. Uh, But they became famous and more mainstream because of this movie. That's kind of cool. That's that's awesome. This movie story had a very, like, universal... Excuse me. Feel to it in a way... With because of the road trip setting and the romantic themes mm-hmm. with with the people who have tragedies in their past, it almost felt Shakespearean or bi- not biblical. No, Shakespearean. Uh, that's yeah. why I brought up Shakespeare earlier oh, with the yeah. with the poetry. Like that's I think that was very intentional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The word I'm looking for, like. Bananas. Greek stuff. Oh, sure. <laughs> where the stories all have very specific uh, messages or heroes trial. I'm floundering here because there's words that I used to be able to use when I was smarter. <laughs> but essentially That's... it's a journey. And then you meet these figures during your journey that represent different aspects that help you blossom into a better person. Yeah. And they have the spots on the road where they have they get supplies from the the gas station yeah who doesn't carry the type of beer that they like yeah yeah uh and then you have the family reunions not their family but it's a family reunion so it's a very basic idea of community of coming together which makes you feel a lot of things you wouldn't normally feel yeah uh and then you have the circus which is more of a bizarre, and it has a cultural fair, and it had people on loudspeakers, and it's yeah. just a bunch of stuff, a bizarre almost, and it just yeah. it felt like it was hitting those moments in a classic tale of adventure. 
No, that's very true. Like, like there, there is a definite roadmap in here. And then you get to your destination and you're just late for something pivotal that pushes you over the edge. It's very Homer-esque there. Yeah. yeah for sure. So you have to yeah, shoot a, that... a bow through how many axes. <laughs> that is that is very true. And I, and I don't even necessarily mind the helicopter and some of those extra elements because I feel like those are some of the things I've also praised like uh, Cohen brother films for the weird kind of things off to the side that feel a little extra to the movie that bet like bring a character and a flavor to it. Um, and it was, it's interesting that you mentioned it earlier because all this John Singleton movies I've seen so far have had like prominent helicopter moments in them. And in this one, it was like more of a background thing, but even in abduction, there's helicopter chase, but you only hear it and it's threatening in the background. You don't see it necessarily. That's, kind of an interesting an interesting well, thing that just kind of popped in based off of these three movies and maybe i just have it all wrong and i'm just trying to think about this too much like a film critic and not trying to think about where it's coming from if this is what john singleton sees as south central then i just need to shut up because he's going to represent the area better than i ever i could yeah. i live in burbank what the hell do i know about south central well so, and i'm almost interested in a movie like this after seeing something like boys in the hood which is that's kind of hailed as this important movie and it has all the important issues but it's like well what does that director who gave the important message do with something like what when he wants to do something a little bit different but said it's in the same place like what's the stuff that's in the background that's all just a part of him and then the story he's telling i don't know it, it was a kind of a great one-two punch to see the second thing and the freedom he had maybe some of the things didn't work and some of them did maybe felt a little bit more wobbly a little bit more messy but there's a lot of character in this one and a lot of like interesting kind of diversions. I don't know. It's I'm, I'm still rest, I'm still playing around with that. What you said and some of these ideas of like these extra things being very interesting. I mean, I, I, the extra things are, I mean, they're, they're window dressing. So it's not really like, a, it's not like a problem. It's not, or a, a thing. It was just something that I didn't think really fit the story, but the, the story is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the setting. If I'm just going to be talking about the setting, yeah, he's probably right, but he would know it better than I ever, I, no, than I ever would. The story is super classic. Yeah. Boy, boy meets girl. Yeah. Boy and girl both have baggage. Boy and girl work through their baggage together and find out that they're their balancing act. Yeah. It, they're it, their other. They're not id. I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> but yeah, so like, but you're right. So there, it is a very kind of classic story that's told through a, a storyteller's eyes that we don't usually get to see through. Yeah. So it is kind of... Maybe that's why this movie had a, be- a bigger audience than Boys in the Hood. Although Boys in the Hood had a gargantuan audience, so maybe I could be wrong about that. But this one was... It was more widespread appealing. Like, this was something that, like, a, a wider audience would probably go see as opposed to Boys in the Hood where they might go see because it's Academy Award nominated in this. And it's like, oh, I know I'm sitting down for a rough film. Well, this, Poetic Justice was a nice movie to go see. I mean, it's a rough movie This is for the sure. exact type of movie that a lot of people who want representation ask for. Yeah. Boys in the Hood's a great movie, but it's a gangster movie. It's it's a trying to get out of gangster life, yeah. but it's still about how it's almost inescapable at, at yeah. a lot of times. It's a heavy film, but it's... This is a romantic comedy slash drama that is about the same type of people, but it's a universal story. Yeah. And honestly, as we're talking about it, like all of my complaints from earlier are kind of melting away because it does feel more organic to the world. Like yeah. the more we're just talking about, like, well, it's John Singleton's movie. It's his world. It's the world he knows. And... 
and it just makes sense with the story. Like, yeah, it, it's all. It's never mind. I, I was wrong earlier. <laughs> That's it. If you were mad at well, me no, earlier, it, it, like Brian doesn't always talking about. Well, no, thank you for keep listening because yeah. you found me going. No, you're right. I was wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's like this is the type of movie that you want to watch some representation. Yes, there is the heavy stuff in this film, but, that, but at its heart. But it's still it's a South Central story, so of course there's going to be some heavy stuff. Yeah, South Central early 90s. At yep. its heart, it's a love story. Yeah. It's a popcorn movie. It's a popcorn movie with a happy ending. It's a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of hope in this movie. Um, so before we go too far down the hope road, there is one glaring thing in this movie, and I feel like if we don't talk about it, then, then we're just, we're, you know, not pushing ourselves in the right direction. Gotta talk about Chicago. And here's the thing. He's just not much of a character. He's a he's a huge character. And well, that's what I'm going to get. No, 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 no. We can't be dismissive of him. Because here's the thing. When we meet Chicago, we like Chicago. Chicago doesn't come off as a bad dude throughout the majority of the film. He's kind of a delightful dullard. He's, you know, he's mm. Regina King's he, boyfriend. He's very he's showy. Just, he's very showy, but he's harmless. Yeah. Like, he's not too angry. He just wants to have a good time. Go on a road trip with his girlfriend and his buddy. You know, his girlfriend's bringing a friend that his buddy doesn't like. Eh, it'll be cool, man. Just get over it. I'm going to take a nap in the back. And he's just kind of a nice guy. And the movie does this thing where while he's kind of a nice guy, Tupac's kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. And as they start kind of shifting and Tupac and Janet Jackson start getting along a little bit better, and he starts going down. You kind of have this sto- movie within a movie of the fall of Chicago. Like, his pride gets to him. He has this horrible vanity problems. But all this stuff that just seemed like surface and, yeah, whatever. By the end of the movie, he's stranded on the side of the road screaming for his friend to leave the hose. Yeah. and we Started never, out as a nice guy. We never see him again. We never see him again. There's a huge story in there. Like, I know what you mean where he's not that much of a character because he's basically there to be the bad guy when Tupac will no longer be one. I I get why he's there as, like, a character, like, tool sort of thing. But his story is good, and that actor sells it at both the nice guy and the total prick. Right. He nails both of them. He does. I won't take that away from him. But the whole time, I was just like, you're just a jumping off character i never really invested myself into him at all i'm like regina's gonna leave not regina that's her real name i I can't i keep calling her regina king too (laughs) (laughs) aisha she's gonna leave you behind she's actually quite upfront with everyone that she's going to leave you behind yeah and he just doesn't absorb that he like he thinks he's actually important and that they have a real thing going and she used him like a tool yeah very much so and he didn't he did not like realizing that he was a tool. No. And he handled it terribly. About as poorly as one could. Yeah. yeah. Like when that yep. scene started, I took the Chewie and I looked at Chewie. I'm like, she's going to get pushed off this cliff. Like, oh, yeah. she's going to die. So too. And I'm like, I don't know if it's the type of movie that's going to just kill a woman like that. However, they did just shoot a guy in the head earlier in the movie. So this movie could have yeah. sharper teeth than what we were thinking at that moment. I was so sure she was going to die. I held my breath during that <laughs> argument because I was like, uh, there's the cliff there. Get around, turn around, walk around him. Walk, walk away from the cliff. Walk they away from the pushed cliff. him off the cliff. I would have been fine with that. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, but, as far as we know, he died. He never comes back. He never came back, but it's 15 miles. He'd been fine. Yeah. 15 hey. miles by yourself in the middle of nowhere. And he had his comb. 15 miles out of, Oakdale, uh, out of Oakland, he'll be fine. 
It's not yeah. like there's a desert surrounding Oakland for 15 it's miles. <laughs> It'll be fun. Yeah. Well, I did think um, it was interesting. It, probably the, the first time in a movie I've seen this where you really get like, I don't know this person. Like that, like you think you know your coworkers, and then you have some more like outside of work moments with them, and you you have that feeling of just like, oh, I guess I didn't know you that well. And yeah. some things come to light. You're like, well, this is probably why we're okay as coworkers, and maybe have a rapport, but it won't work outside of that. And it was a very interesting development. I was with Tupac the whole time on this, where I was just like, it was becoming surprising how he was turning as a person when it's like, well, our working relationship was fine. Yeah. It's kind of lovable and kind of like, oh, you're kind of, <laughs> but here it's just like, no, this is bad. You are, you, you hit a woman. <laughs> you're yeah. doing all these things that just like red flags. Suddenly you see them. And it was a very interesting depiction in this movie that yeah. it was very POV centering. Like I was very in, into that POV of surprise of just the main character from this. And I don't think I've ever had that happen. The only issue I took with it was the whole thing of he wouldn't get involved until Janet Jackson got involved. Until she got tackled by Chicago, yeah. Tupac was sitting out. I'm like, come on, come on. There is a, there was a lot of classic chivalry, whatever stuff in that moment. Yeah, and, and like you, he, you, you have the moment of you have the, you take that pause and go like, all right, it was 1993. Things were different then. They shouldn't have been, but they were. Can I look at it through the eyes of 1993? I'm trying. I'm not even thinking of it being 1993. I'm just thinking of classic male tropes of... Their problems. It's like, yeah, it's their problems. It's his woman, blah, blah. And it, for, it took a long time for her to beat down Chicago, but she hit, like, every single one of the pride points Yeah. for a stereotypical dude. Yeah. Where it's just, like, the pride of, like, she's not listening to him. Uh, she calls out his manhood, uh, and then she says, well, I'm cheating on you, which means he's not number one. Yeah. And then he finds out he's not even number one to Tupac, because he leaves him there. Yeah. All of his pride is gone. He had a bad day. He had a real bad day. <laughs> Hopefully it was humbling. Hopefully he became a better person. Hopefully he had that, that moment that they always say, uh, if you wake up in the morning... The first person you meet is an asshole, they're an asshole. If you wake up in the morning and every person you meet is an asshole, look in a mirror. Yeah. Right. Hopefully uh, what, Chicago that? had that day. See, Hopefully. I'm thinking he was ahead that it was that like that Simpsons meme where the principal's like, No, clearly the kids are wrong. Like, <laughs> I think that's that's what he got out of it after his walks. Like, no, the world's against me. Yeah. I mean you're probably right, but I enjoyed watching the fall of Chicago, even though I agree he wasn't the most important character in the movie. I thought it was a... It's nice to see a movie not just kind of dismiss that character. Although they totally did dismiss him at the end. Oh, but yeah, you know what I'm just, saying. He's never mentioned again, except for the one guy going, I thought this was, this was a two-man job. Nope, just one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I guess they literally dismissed him. Yeah, yeah. they, they kind of did. So maybe I was wrong. I'm just wrong all <laughs> over this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't intend that. <laughs> Uh, I do wonder how he explains it to his boss, who probably saw them off when they left with the truck. Yeah, I left Chicago outside of Oakland. What, did you go get him? No. So he's a missing man now, yeah? He's in Oakland. He'll be fine. Maybe. <laughs> he's, he'll be fine. Yeah. No, HR wasn't even invented yet, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Abandoned a co-worker on the side of the street. There should be repercussions. He punched a woman in the face. 
Yes, but technically they weren't even supposed to be in the truck. We don't know that. I mean, they probably weren't. They had sex on top of mon- on ma- on top of mail. Okay, well, they were probably so- a federal offense of some sort. <laughs> but you know what? That's very anarchic. I I, I kind of dig it. Yeah, <laughs> good for them. <laughs> Take that, government. <laughs> Take that, birthday cards. <laughs> Timmy's getting a crushed birthday card. <laughs> Why does it smell sweaty? <laughs> So let's move into favorite parts. <laughs> I think that's really the only logical place to go anymore. I'm sorry. No, De- it's fine. Derailed. Uh, so I'm going to go first for my favorite part because it just cracked me the fuck up. Uh, and it was probably the moment I went, I love Tupac in this movie. I just decided it. And that's where they, uh, they have to stop for gas and they're at the gas station. And uh, he and the, uh, the trucker reach for the fuel pump at the exact same time. And they both... Tubac kind of apologizes and goes to take it. And the trucker doesn't apologize and goes to take it. And Tubac tries to start up a little conversation. He's like, hey, man, is that your truck? He's like, yeah, that's my rig. Who's that? Get inside of it. And the trucker turns around and Tubac takes the gas and goes and starts filling the truck. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> it was so fucking good. <laughs> the moment's great. I was not expecting it. I was either eating something or drinking something. And that was a bad choice at that moment. <laughs> yeah, that was a great moment. Uh, John, what about you? Uh, while not as funny, the poem, the Phenomenal Woman poem, just a, a touch point of recognition, and I really like that poem. It's a good poem. I enjoyed the whole movie. That's fair. It's a, it's a good movie. It's not my favorite movie, but it's a good movie. Let's no. uh, make double features a little bit more difficult, but now we're on to double features. And I'm going to go a little weird with mine, but, but I think it would make for a pretty good double feature. I would start with poetic justice and enjoy the film as you may. It's sad. It's funny. It's a little heartwarming. And then watch Baz Luhrmann's William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Oh. And I'm not going to explain it. I think, that, I think they speak for themselves. It doesn't surprise me. I think they go well together. I'll go with Stardust. Oh. Watch Stardust with this movie. It's another movie about two people who don't like each other very much at first, but they're stuck on this journey, and eventually they do like each other. I a Stardust. lot. I like Stardust. And they both have parent issues. <laughs> well, she doesn't really have parent issues. She's a star. She doesn't really have how she gets conceived. That's. She's a phenomenal woman. Yeah, there you go. She doesn't need to be conceived. <laughs> John, you had one? Okay, it's going to... Hmm. I'm between two, and they're against type, but they're they're both a road trip movie. And let's see. I think I'm just going to go with uh, Fear and Loathing as the kind of surprise one to hit with this one. And it's simply that it's a road trip movie that connects them. But I think after being like something heavy, you need something fucked up. For a night of just what? Well, the, which one's the heavy one? Because <laughs> I would never describe poetic justice as that heavy. Well, it has, it, it has the heavy, heavy stuff moments. Yeah. Heavy moments. 
The opening compared is, to Fear and Loathing, oh my god. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the opening is of Poetic Justice is rough. Like we didn't really talk about it. Like she's super vulnerable at the moment that guy gets killed. Like it, it's a rough scene. Yeah. <laughs> right, uh, but uh, but where you said like this movie has a hopeful ending where she's smiling, I kind of want to kind of twist that. So you're like, oh wait, we're in for this now. Okay. All right. Next week. Next week. Shaft. Shaft. <laughs> Just because I was curious to see the third Shaft movie because I thought the trailer was funny. But I've never seen any Shaft movie, so I figured if it's the third one, I would be lost the whole time. So now maybe afterwards we can watch the third Shaft movie. Uh, and then the week after that, uh, if you're still with us, which I'm assuming you are, will not be Abduction. Uh, absolutely not which was very very unfortunately the the last film he directed Uh, we will be doing Four Brothers so the next two movies are Shaft and then Four Brothers okay it's gonna be good yeah yeah. So, quick round of plugs. We're going to say goodbye. My plug, as always, athpod.com for this and every show under our network. We have been doing the best we can during Corona times. Uh, we had to take them the week off of now casual cartoons. Uh, but we will be back next week, hopefully. We're planning on it. I have an idea, and hopefully it'll come to fruition. Uh, and then uh, that's it for me. All right. Chewy, what you plugging? Watch Superstore. Okay. Just John? keep watching Superstore. John, what are you plugging? <laughs> Uh, Demon Days, keep listening to that. And also check out our Discord and our website, athpod.com. Sounds good. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Tune in next week when we discuss Shaft. (gasps) Bye.